0: Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, uh, in chapter uh, number three, Ecclesiastes chapter number three, and uh, we'll uh, look at some things, and I want to tell you that there's a little bit of a background on the Bible study tonight, and this will put it in perspective as we get into it and the length of it. Um, I was taking my girls to school this morning, Uh, uh, Alyssa. I'm done with her but uh uh no um Anna and Addie and this happens about every other day we get about down to the end of the road and then Anna will sit up and it's just now I just know what'd you forget uh, it's just what'd you forget I forgot my lunch so okay you know when I when, when I was growing up if I forgot my lunch will build character for you to go without lunch for a day and you'll remember you know but I'm soft. I have daughters and they give you the the look and then mom and when you get home anyway. Um so I said I said okay, I I'll, I'll see what I can do. Then I said, "Well, you know, i'll if I got to come back up here." I said, "What do you have after lunch?" And she told me what she had after lunch. I said, "What class do you had before lunch?" Oh, nothing. And uh, I said, well, "Why don't I come pick you up and just take you to lunch?" And she said, "Okay, that that'll be good." And so I came and I picked her, I picked her up. We went to lunch, we're sitting at the, um, there's, a, there's a reason why I'm telling the story, we're sitting at, sit down at the table, we order and sit down, and she said, so, do you need help with your sermon tonight? And uh, I said, as a matter of fact, I do. I said, you just don't want to be too long, because if you're too long, they, the people get, get antsy, and so you don't want to be too long, and so, um, and so, uh, you know, so if the length goes beyond what we normally do, um, you can blame her. Uh, for this, uh, and so uh, we get home uh, late, later. Everybody then everybody's home. My wife picked up the the girl. Well, no, we get to the school. We pull into school and she's got her cup, you know, because she's got to let everybody know she didn't have to eat out of a brown bag today, you know. And Alyssa comes out and is like you didn't take me to lunch. And I get home and the girls are home and Addie's like, yeah, Anna went to lunch and she's walking around. And my wife's like, you went to lunch, so I, 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 I you know, so. I, I can't can't win, So, uh, but uh, no, I did not get this from her uh, because it would be in crayons, but uh, uh, I did not get this from her, uh, but this will be a Sunday school lesson uh, next year. We're doing a series in our Sunday school uh, next year on stewardship, and I believe you're going to be amazed at how much the Bible says about stewardship, and it's not all about money. Uh, about stewardship, and so uh, I am taking this, and I think this will be very enlightening to us, and there's some very important truths and principles we're going to see tonight that I'm not going to teach in the... Realm of stewardship, although it involves our stewardship. And so I want you to see this in Ecclesiastes chapter number three. And so sometime next year, if you feel like, you know, I've heard this before, uh, it very well may be uh, this Bible study tonight. So let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter number three, begin reading with verse number one. To everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Notice verse 11. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Now, there is a word that we see over and over and over again in this passage of Scripture is that word time. And I often refer to this when, whenever I, I'm, I'm counseling, many times when I'm teaching, the fact that there are seasons of life, and we go in and out of these seasons of life. There is time that we are all bound by. We schedule our day based on time. Uh, we have to be someplace at a certain time. Our life is measured in time. <clears throat> We're going to look at time tonight. And I'm going to uh, teach on, on five different phases of time uh, that, that, that the Bible refers to. And I'm going to teach on this subject uh, tonight, a time for every purpose, a time for every purpose. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray tonight. That should help us as we look at the Word of God. Uh, may we allow the Spirit of God to teach us tonight, instruct us. May we grow in our Christian life. May we become better stewards because of what's taught tonight. Uh, may we become more faithful and effective in serving you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read Genesis chapter number one, verse 14 through 18. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days and years. If you if you if you paid attention when I read this, you notice uh, for seasons and for days and for years. Of course, uh, we we know that everything that it is was created by God. God, the creator, is the only one who did not have a creator. He it has been he has existed for all time. Uh, he has always been everything we have. God created This world that we live in, God created it. Uh, The light, the day. And uh, I I know it's something that that I know I heard from a a child, and you get taught creation, I'm thankful I did. And and it's good to go back and read uh, over and over and over again the account of creation and how God created all things. He created seasons. He created night and day. He created time. Just like we know there's light in darkness, God created light. You think about it. We say, well, light travels from the sun and it gets, you know, and then light does this. God created that. He created the source of light, but he created the light itself. Nothing would exist without God. God also created time. From the moment you and I had a comprehension of time, we've lived every day with some consciousness of time. Now, some, not as closely conscious of time as others, and not always the same every day. But we have lived in a world that is controlled, if you will, or regulated, if you will, by time. Uh, the day begins in our mind at a certain time. It ends in our mind at a certain time. Uh, We've got to be someplace at a certain time. I work from this time to this time. The Bible tells us that there's an appointment for all of us in death, meaning we live for a certain time. We're not going to be here forever. There's a time. Say, how long is that time? God knows. But there's a time that we live in. Uh, we know that uh, we, <clears throat> when it's our birthday, we know this, this is a measure on a calendar. It's a measure of time. Uh, my next birthday on February 20th, that marks a measure of time. In the case you didn't get that on February 20th, my next birthday, it marks another measure of time. What is it? It's measuring time. <clears throat> when we get to heaven, we are not bound by time. There's no setting of the alarm. There's no checking to see what time we got to be somewhere. There's no government mandated curfew. There's no there's no time. You know why? Because God is not bound by time. There is no time because if you recall the scripture, all the old things are going to pass away. Time is something that God created. Now, think with me tonight. God did not fill time with his creation. There was not a void of time and God said, well, there's there's something there. I'm just going to fill all this time with my creation. That would be pretty amazing if he did that. But he didn't do that. He created time. Time. For his creation. See, th- this finite mind, and we've got to get out of this. We let, our, we let society influence us. If I can't understand it, then I don't have to accept it. Now, if we study the Bible and you read the Bible, you get a greater and a greater sense of just how much bigger God is. And our finite minds cannot, can never completely understand God. And I I say this from time to time, if you want to get a headache, start thinking about some of the things like we're talking about. There never was time. We don't know a world like that. We don't know existence like that. But God is not bound by time. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. You ever heard that? He's in our past, he's in our present, he's in our tomorrow. Well, how can that be? I can't be there. No, but you're not God. He created time for his creation. As we see in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time and a season for everything. Uh, This can be applied to the seasons of our life. Some seasons you'll go in and out of, some seasons you'll go in one time, and when you come out of them, you'll never go in those seasons of life again. But we have an understanding of this time that we are bound by. Time is a creation of God. I want to use our Bibles tonight to look at five different phrases that refer to time. And we're going to turn to all of these in just a moment. Now, these will help us be a good steward. These will help us use the how many lives do we have? We have one life. This will help us use the one life God has given us, to live for His honor and His glory. Because if I have one life and you have one life, shouldn't all of our goals be to live that life to the fullest for our Creator? If He's given us only so many days and there's only so many hours in these numbered days, shouldn't we have a greater consciousness of the time that God has given us Uh, we we know this phrase waste of time we know the phrase waste of money i imagine the older you get it's a bigger deal to waste time than it is to waste money because we only have we're bound by time So I want us to look at what the Bible says about time, and I believe this will be enlightening to you and I as we think of what God's purpose for us, the one life that we have, and it will help us, I believe, understand the time that God has given us. I believe it will help us use the time that God's given us to our greatest ability, to our fullest potential, because let me remind you before we get into the outline tonight that we have one life and we're to use that life to bring honor and glory to God. Say, Pastor, and I, I, I'm going to get to it in just a moment. Uh, how do I use my life to please God? Don't think about your whole life. Think about the day God's giving you today. Because sometimes we start thinking too far ahead. It's like, well, I've got plenty of time. One, we should boast not about tomorrow. But if we're not careful, we'll waste today while we're considering tomorrow. I want us to think about these phrases of time. Turn with me, uh, and we'll not come back to Ecclesiastes uh, tonight, but we'll turn with me to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number four. Galatians chapter number four. And I've got five points in my outline tonight, so we'll be turning to five different places. And I'll, I'll keep an eye on the, uh, the clock. It'll have no effect on when I stop, but I'll keep an eye on it. Galatians chapter number four. And I'm going to read verses four and five. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Number one tonight, I want you to see that phrase fullness of time. Galatians reminds us that when the fullness of time came, that is when Mary was that human instrument to bring the Christ child into the world. To use that as an illustration, when a when a woman discovers that she is expecting, she has in her mind that at the end of nine months or thereabout, the fullness of time is going to come about and that baby is going to be born. That is the fullness of time. It, it, if you live long enough, and I look around and most of us would apply to that, as soon as you hear someone's expected, you already have in your mind when the fullness of time, you know that generally it's nine months. That is going to take place in the fullness of time. Uh, when the fullness of time came, uh, Jesus was born. It is a promise event fulfilled. If you read the Old Testament prophets, there was a prophecy. This is such an important truth tonight. P- please grasp this. There was prophecy of the Messiah coming. There was prophecy of... Of the Savior coming. When is he going to come? In the fullness of time. Well no 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 no. Where's the date on the calendar? You don't understand. God said in the fullness of time. When God decided it was time for him to come. That is when he came. Uh, It was always going to happen. But it was a matter of the fullness of time. Being accomplished. Can you imagine what. Those Hebrews and those Israelites, and they're in oppression, they're in slavery, they're in bondage. And knowing that it has been prophesied that the Savior is going to come. And when is he going to come? Why can't he come now? You have to wait till God's timing. The fullness of time. Sometimes we become impatient when we do not see something happening. There are promises that God are going to fulfill in our life. Pastor, when is it going to happen? In the fullness of time. When God decides. We would like to pray one prayer and that to be God's fullness of time. Sometimes that is not the way it is. Sometimes we become impatient when we do not see something happening. We lose hope or faith that it is going to occur. That's why you and I must always hold to the promises of God. When is it going to be fulfilled? In the fullness of time. When God deems His timing, His will accomplished. When was Christ born? At the exact time that God saw fit for Him to be born. That leads me to something that applies very, very, uh, makes great application to the life we live today. We are promised that Jesus is going to return. Many have made fools of themselves by predicting the exact day he's coming. He's coming this time and this time because I looked into this and I saw this. And the Mayans said this and this and this and this and this and all. This is good. This is going to happen. Well, Pastor, we know the Bible teaches he's going to come. When is he going to come? In the fullness of time. When God says the time's now. See, all and we've talked about this recently with everything going on in our world. There are there are prophecies being fulfilled in our world right now. Nothing that is going on, even our own government, is just happening. The, 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 the puzzle is being put into place. The pieces are moving and being assembled. Why? Because the fullness of time is coming. And God has let us know that the fullness of time will come about when certain things, and we can know the signs of the times. We can know certain events that have to take place. Why? Because the same prophets, the prophets who said that Christ child is coming, there's prophets that said that these things would take place. Uh, Jesus himself said there's some things that would take place. So when is he coming? And we say, oh, I wish he'd come back today. Oh, I wish he would just come back before. Well, why won't he? What else? In the fullness of time. So we must understand and be patient that time. You say, well, I hope this happens in my lifetime. Because why? Because we only have so much time. God's not bound by time. In the fullness of time, His will is going to be accomplished. Things are going to take place. Another example, we are told not to be weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Don't get tired of doing right. Don't get tired of doing good. Why? Because the Bible tells us in the same book, that in due season, that's another way of saying in the fullness of time, you'll reap if you just think not, if you just don't quit. In other words, in the fullness of time, we'll reap the things that we have sown. So if we say something will happen in the fullness of time, you're saying it will happen if you wait long enough. So when is Jesus going to come back in the fullness of time? Well, that's right. I only got so many years. If you and I could live without any hindri- boundaries by time, <clears throat> eventually we would be here on this earth, if he, if he does Terry is his coming for some time, when that took place, because it is going to happen. I want to be daily looking for his return, but if I am to leave this world by way of death, that is not going to stop Jesus from returning one day. When? In the fullness of time. We must patiently await the return of our Lord and anticipate his coming because he promised he would do so. When? You know, think back to some of the other Bible studies we've had, especially the one on faith. How do we please God? Faith. So by faith, I have to believe this, and every day i got to get up and say, this could be the day. If this is the day, I need to, could be the day, I must prioritize my day based on the fact that this could be the day. I must be ready to be a witness. I must, I I, I must live to glorify him. I must be watching for him. Well, it didn't happen today. It wasn't going to happen in the fullness of time. That is one description of time that I think we need to keep in mind. The next one is found in 2 Corinthians chapter number six. 2 Corinthians chapter number six. And if you don't get all these references tonight, and all these examples, sometime next year, you'll get it on paper. In 2022, it'll be available in a book. So either way, 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verses 1 and 2. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted... And in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Psalm sixty-nine, 13, I'll read it to you. Don't turn there, but as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time. Number two, the second uh, phase of time I want us to see is acceptable time. This phrase is referring to the time when something is appropriate or right. In context of 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Today is, is an acceptable time of salvation. If you're lost, it's appropriate and right for you to get saved today. Because you're not promised tomorrow. It's acceptable. Well, I've got to no, go. No, 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 no. It's the acceptable time. This fra- rephrase is referring to the time when something is appropriate or right. Um, a lot of times Christians do wrong not because necessarily what they do is wrong it's just not the acceptable time i believe a lot of christians find themselves outside the will of god because of this phase of time right here they get outside of god's timetable and we have got to be very careful To always stop and think about what is an acceptable time with everything that we deal with in our life so that we don't make this mistake. It's an appropriate time. It's a right time. Uh, Oftentimes people spend money they should not spend because it's not the acceptable time. Sometimes some will quit jobs and take other jobs and It's not like it's a bad thing. And this, this will help you. I think this could help you, all of us, because sometimes you come to the pastor for counsel and he says, this is what I think you should do. And let me remind you, you came to me for counsel. I didn't come to you and say, let me give you my opinion and say, what do you think I should do? And it's like, well, I just don't know that you should do that. I really don't know that's a good idea. Well, What's wrong with it? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It may not just be the most appropriate time to do it. Um. In, it's an acceptable time. And we have got to be willing to, when it is the acceptable time, to move at an acceptable time, but to wait on the Lord. Most of us, many times, we don't stop and think how this is going to affect us, whether it's an acceptable time or not. Um, an acceptable time is a time that is right and appropriate in every way. You have, you have young adults. There's things out ahead of them. There's some things that aren't bad things, but there's an acceptable time. There's things that are an acceptable time after a man and woman is married. It's, it's an acceptable time. There are things that, uh, you know, you shouldn't get too far ahead of yourself. Well, I want this. Well, is it an acceptable time? Generally speaking, God lays out some parameters for an acceptable time, but sometimes the acceptable time for you is different than an acceptable time for somebody else. We have to think in what the bible says these phases of times number 3 we talked about this second book of second timothy this past sunday night second timothy chapter number 3 you could probably guess which verse I'm going to read some of this will be a review from sunday night because i'm going to describe this time but second timothy chapter number 3 verse 1 this know also that in the last days Perilous times shall come. So number three, this third phase of time is a perilous time. Now, these are phases of time that God refers to. Understanding that he's aware of time, understand he created time. They're phases of time, just like a season of life. We know that in the last days, perilous times shall come. I'll define this again in case you've forgotten from Sunday night. Perilous means dangerous, hazardous, full of risk, such as a perilous undertaking or a perilous situation. If someone is walking on the edge of a cliff carelessly, they are in a perilous situation. If someone undertakes a dangerous job, they would be taking they would be taking a risk with a perilous occupation. Uh, you would say they are in danger. They need to be careful. Uh, someone is doing something in this perilous. Why, why is it a time of significance? Because it's dangerous. We understand because we've spent many times on this through, 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 through different times. We've talked about the last days and perilous times. And why they're considered perilous is because what the Bible describes in verse number two all on down is a dangerous time for Christians. It's hazardous. Now, that does not mean I'm not going to re-preach Sunday night. It doesn't mean we quit. It just means we should be aware that there are dangerous times in these last days. Uh, it's a high risk or da- it's dangerous for believers. That's why it's important for you and I to always be working on our relationship with God because we're going to have in these perilous times, as a side note, uh, just to reiterate what I've already, already mentioned, uh, in these perilous times, that's when shallow Christianity goes by the wayside. Uh, that's when, that's when those who truly and really love the Lord or are dedicated to serve Him, that, that's it's it's that's the time when, if I can put it this way, their time to shine for the Lord. Because even though it's perilous, they must not be careless. Um, if it's more dangerous. You know, let's see. I'm trying to see who I can use as illustration. I don't know, but or not. Um, I'll, I'll use this as illustration. Um, you see, these. Okay, I saw Brian and Victoria walking in with Lily tonight, one hand on each side, and they were following her in. She's walking pretty good. I mean, she's running a little bit. Um, you know, she's I didn't see her fall once. Did she fall? No. No, she didn't fall. Well tell you, I'll tell you what. Well let let's let's get her up there and let her balance up there on top of those nurseries and walk. You good with that, Dad? No. <laughs> let's just see Brian up there doing that. <laughs> same illustration, maybe. Um, what's the difference? That's hazardous. So there should be more care taken. And if we are in perilous times as a Christian, there should be more care taken in our daily walk, in our mindset. It, we can't be flippant about the word of God because it's a perilous time. I can't skip prayer because it's dangerous. I can't not put the armor of God on. Why? Because it's a dangerous time. So the Bible refers to another phase of time. Perilous times. We must be cautious with everything that we do. Don't be too casual as a Christian. A lot of times we stumble in our Christian life because we're casual. We don't realize it's a perilous time. Number four, the book of Romans. Fourth phase I want us to see tonight. The book of Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter number 13. I'll read two verses of, I'll read several verses of Scripture. I'll start with verse 11 of Romans chapter number 13. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision of the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Number four, the fourth phase is high time. If a child is failing in their schoolwork, their parents might say to them, it is high time you begin to study if an employee is on the verge of losing their job, a foreman or a boss might say, it is high time you started showing up and working. This means that it is a severe warning. It means, it infers that there's no need to delay. In context, the day of our salvation is at hand. I mean, there's, there's no time to waste. Uh, Christians are figuratively sleeping while the world is perishing and while wickedness is abounding all around us. We play church without true dedication. In other words, it is high time that we become serious about our Christianity. It is high time that we commit our lives to Christ. Now, we only have so much time we live, right? It's, it's, it's It's what we do for the... Who gave us our time? Well, Pastor, I just want some time for me. Well, who gave you the time? Pastor didn't give you the time. God gave you time. And God tells all of us what we are to do with time. In a phase of time is it's high time. The closer it gets to Christ returning, the, the, the more focused there ought to be. The more pressure there ought to be on, on the child of God, if you will. It's high time. We get business busy for God. Some Christians sit around and they go, oh, I got plenty of time and I'll get to that and one day I'll do that and one day I'll get around to that. And sometimes as, a, as your pastor, I we'll want say, it's high time. We, we got to get it going. It's time to do it. Now pay, t- pay attention to this, this point. while the fullness of time and the acceptable time require patience. High time means we must be urgent in our behavior. We have to wait on the fullness of time. And wouldn't it be great for Jesus to come back? And I, I, I think a lot of Christians are thinking if this if, if this whole election of things go, like they're trying to make it go, I, I'm really going to start praying for Jesus to come back then. Well, we ought to be kind of looking for him now. But, but we have to wait. You know, I, I, sometimes I sit and I, I, I see the, 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 the blasphemy. The mocking of God. Oh, and it, it just, it just, and I'm just saying, and I start, and I get a little carnal. I know this would surprise you. I start thinking about what they're going to say. When all the Christians are raptured out. Oh, you know, what, what are they going to say? When the wrath of God is poured out on this world. We have to wait. And you're in maybe this is you. There's things that you're waiting on, God. You, God has given God has given us promises. And I'm just waiting. When is it, it's the, you have to be patient? Patience is hard. Anybody out there with me? Patient, waiting. Sometimes you've got to wait to be patient on the acceptable time. I can tell you how many times, again, you've come to me for counsel, and I haven't said these words, but what I say is not the acceptable time. What you want is not bad. What you want may even be the will of God. It may not be, but it may be. All I know to tell you now is it's not the acceptable time. That could be hard. That's waiting. That's being patient. But high time is not patience. High time is urgency. High time is we don't have any. We don't have a moment to spare. High time is is we've got to get it together. Hey, we could We and, and I'll just preach a little bit for us tonight on this point. Uh, this world is dying. Go to hell. We can say that over and over and over. But but it's high time we do something about it. You know, it's, you know, we get upset at politicians because they put something on social media about how we've got to make some changes, and yet they don't ever make any changes. We do the same thing as Christians. It's high time. That's, that's time God tells us about. It's a phase of time. And that's why I'm always going to emphasize with our young people Give your life to God. Surrender to full-time Christian service. Answer the call of God. Well, I don't feel called. Well, I, I, you could sur- surrender. It won't be, won't be so bad if you're using your life just to keep people out of hell. I believe we're in the last days. I believe Christ returns in it. All of us should be thinking of that. It's high time. Then I'll get to the last one, Ephesians chapter number 5. And I want to say six or seven years in a row around the new year I've preached from this passage. Ephesians chapter number five. Verse 15 and 16. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Let's look at this verse. And number five is the redeemed time. In the context of how we started. God is the creator of time. Time did not exist along with God. Only God existed. Time was not here in a big void. And God said, well, let me just drop create what I'm going to create in, into time. No, God created time like he created light. He created time. And so... We have a certain amount of time, but God has his own timetable, thus the fullness of time, because God has always been, God is always, always will be, God can already see what's going to happen on January 20, God can already see what's going to happen in 2022, God can already see what's going to happen a hundred years. from. Why? Because he's already there. He's above it all. So there's phases of time that he refers to, and that last one is redeemed time. Think about this. How, how many of you God gave you, gave you a life? Let me help you with that. How many of you alive? All right. You got a life that God gave you. What are you doing with it? This is where he says redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Do we live in evil days? Oh, we live in evil days. Um, But when the book of Ephesians was written, those were evil days too, weren't they? In the book of Genesis, when God destroyed the world. With the flood, those were evil days. So this would apply to every time period. Because certainly the Bible does. Now, the days are evil, so therefore we have a motivation to redeem the time because of what's going on in our world. Because uh, people need to be saved. People need to hear the truth. That's That's what this world needs. This world needs a light. That is certainly true. But how do you redeem the time? This is an illustration. I don't know if most coupons are digital now. But I do, I still do receive some coupons in the mail. That coupon gives me a discount on a particular product. And they always have an expiration date. You know why they do that. Otherwise, you wouldn't buy that product. But because you're going to get 15% 15% off of a part they marked up, 20%. And it's to force you. You know, it's like, men, you'll relate to this. There's a sale. I've got to go. We don't need, but it's on sale. Um. That's a marketing thing that truth of the matter is gets all of it. We do that in a gun store. I don't need it. Ooh, yeah, I do. It's on sale. I would not be a good American if I passed this up. How many of you are out there? Yeah, come on. It's on sale. You take advantage of these things. There's that expiration on the coupon to come redeem it before time runs out. Who has given us our time? God has. So he's given us an amount of time, and how are we going to redeem that time? How are we going to use that time? We ought to do it with the thought of the day we live in as our motivation. Redeeming the time means we take advantage of the time that we have been given. I I don't know how much time I've been given. Neither do you. So I am to, but I do know who gave me my time. And so God gave me a gift. If, if God only gives, if God, and it's tragic from our viewpoint, if God only gives somebody 20 years, that is still a gift that God has given. Because God is the giver of life. God still created that individual. God gave that time. No matter how much time we have, God has given us a great gift in giving us time to live our life. Now, this gift that God has given me, this gift that God has is, is given you, how we redeem that, how we use that, is based on taking advantage of that time that God has given us. We can use that time. God has given us a free will to use that time for anything we want to use it for. Now, God does talk about how he can adjust those days that he's given us. And by the way, those verses are still true. They, they play out more often than you and I want to take notice of. They're, they're still true. They're, they're, but God's given, so how what do I do with my time? I want to redeem it. I want to use it. For what why how do I how do I redeem it? By the opportunities God's given me. For example, during this very service, during this Bible study, you, you have an opportunity to either redeem the time or waste it. We can take what the Bible has said and we can put it in our head, but more importantly, in our heart and say, I need to be more patient and understand that God's got a perfect plan. and I got to let the fullness of time play out. Well, I've got to be more patient. and I realize there's an accepted time and God has an accepted time for my life that might be different from somebody else's. I've got to be more patient. I have got to be aware we live in perilous times. And I can't just go through life flippantly as a Christian and, oh, it don't matter if I pray. It doesn't matter if I I don't give to the work of God. Oh, it doesn't matter if I tell others. No, it's perilous times. You better be on alert because there's an adversary who's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has those fiery darts that he's going to throw your way and you better armor up. We can't be careless. Why? Because it's dangerous. If, if, if If our... Nation goes to war. Um, I hope we're on high alert. I hope we don't send our soldiers into a war zone and oh, just you know take the week. Just go, 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 go check out. Tech. No, no, no. It's dangerous, perilous times. You better be on alert. Or you'll be a casualty. So we've got to understand that there's high time. There's things we got to do. But if we're going to redeem that time, we have to take advantage. You have to take advantage to redeem means to take advantage of the opportunities before you. Um, For example, when you have an hour to spend with your family, you must redeem that time, which means to make it count. I think all, all of us, depending on who your family is, I think all of us, though, would like to spend more time with our family. But instead of complaining when you have that hour about needing more time to spend with your family, redeem the time take advantage of it. Pastor, I wish I had more time to serve in the church. Well, redeem the time you got. It's a matter of using what the time God gives you. We have 168 hours in a week, and we have to we have to balance several things in that 168 hours. And so, if I if if in all of my responsibilities, I only have this much time to to be with my family, or do ministry, or or be in my Bible. I need to take advantage of that opportunity. Does this make sense? It's redeeming the time that we have. A lot, many times as Christians, we waste the time. And we're not redeeming it, Pastor. If I had more time with my life, then I could. No, no, God just wants what you got. He just wants us to use the time we have. Um. When you have time set aside for your Bible reading and prayer, you must redeem that time by taking advantage of the opportunity. This may help put in context, wasting time is the opposite of redeeming time. And by the way, I'm kind of getting off, but it certainly fits. Everybody needs time for vacation. Everybody needs some time off. Sometime I'll probably teach on it. If it's a good study for you until I do, As you read through the Gospels, make a note every time Jesus said, come apart. In many ways, I think that's a big failure that we've had. What Jesus is saying is, make a time to rest. Make a time to relax. Make a time for leisure. But plan it. And then you redeem it. We waste a lot of time. I'm just playing it. Uh, wasting time is opposite of redeeming time. It may it's it's not making use of the time you have been given to accomplish a particular purpose. Let me ask you a question: If somebody lives, God gives them forty years, and they used those forty years redeeming the time, to do everything they could do for the Lord? I mean, I can think of. Think of so, so many. One comes right to mind is is Oswald Chambers, if you've ever heard that name. Uh, The devotional, number one selling devotional of all time, my utmost for for the highest. I mean, it's phenomenal. He died at an early age. Did he do less, or is he a failure compared to somebody who lived three times as long as him? And spent half their life not do, wasting it. Oh, no. He redeemed his time. We need to redeem our time. And that's why the young people, and, and those young people in here, and, and mom or dad who have your young people here, that's why they, they have such a, an advantage. Because they have an opportunity to redeem all their time. Not everybody in here had that opportunity. Many were saved later in life. Many, Many had never been taught. Many were away from the Lord. And by the way, if that is you, quit looking back at the time, you quit wasting more time lamenting over the time you wasted and take advantage of the time you do have. Because I do believe God shortens days, but I do believe God extends days as well. Based on what we're doing with the time we have now. And there's too many Christians still complaining, still still feeling sorry for themselves because they wasted time. You can't go get it back. There is no time machine. You can't go backwards. Let's not waste today. Let's not waste tomorrow or the future because we wasted some time in our past. Let's take advantage of the opportunity we have today, the opportunity we have tomorrow. That is redeeming the time. There are many distractions in our lives that keep us from redeeming our time. We must put these distractions aside in order for us to thoroughly redeem the time that we have been given for certain tasks and responsibilities. Anybody here, you don't have to raise your hand. Anybody here busy? Uh, I'm not perfect at this, but I'll use myself as, a, as an illustration just for the sake of illustration. I have a lot that I, I have to take responsibility for. And I enjoy administration. As part, part, of, part of being a pastor that I, I actually enjoy. But sometimes there's so many things. You ever made this statement, I'm just so busy, I can't get anything done. And what happens is because we don't have a plan to do something at a certain time, we don't do nothing. So there, I've had to do this out of necessity, and, and I've, been, I've been asked by other pastors, how do, how do you write so much? How do you get so much accomplished writing? I don't really write it. Mrs. Triplett just writes it and hands it to me and says, put your name on it. And I said, okay, there there you go. That's why there's so many misspellings in it when it comes out. But anyway, no. Oh, see how finished she got back there? Wow, that's the most responsive. Anyway, um, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, the reason why, because I have time. There are certain days that I say, I'm taking care of these ministries on this day. And I know some of my staff, because sometimes they look at me and some of the some of the, the the ladies that work in the office especially, they say, well, Pastor, let me let you know about this. I'm like, okay. Not gonna give me, they don't say this, you're not going to give me an answer, but you can almost see it on their face. I don't deal with that on Tuesday. See, so, well, Pastor, that's oh, no, no, no. Because if I go down that road, my day is gone. And so... And again, I know I'm not perfect at this. I have a ways to go, but I've had to say, I deal with that. I'll file it over here. Yes, I got your email. It'll sit there until it's time for me to do this certain times of the day. Um, I want to not let even things I have to get done distract me from the other things that I have to get done. I want to be able to redeem the time that God has given me. And, and, And why? Because I only have so much of it. I, I love sports, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I don't, I'm, I, I don't watch them that much anymore. I'm not saying I don't watch them at all. I'm not saying, and I'm not saying that that you shouldn't. I, I'm glad you can. But if I'm gonna get everything done that I have to get done, and I'm not saying this, like oh, I'm a martyr, and I don't mean that at all. So it's probably not a good illustration, but I'm just illustrating. I've had to remove some distractions. Because I really love sports And if I wasn't careful I could let that take too much of my time I like to read um, If I'm not careful uh, Some of you will look at me like that. Just That's weird pastor One chapter will go to two chapters Will go to three chapters To four chapters And there's several of you looking at me right now I didn't know books had more than four chapters in them Uh that's just me. I know I'm weird. I know I, I know that. The point I'm making is this: we only have so much of this time. It's a great gift that God has given us, and from God's perspective, God's not bound by. And I, I, and I'll use myself as an illustration again. I have to remind myself: God's not in my hurry. And even with some of the things that have transpired in our ministry, moving and, and building and things of that. That have gone a whole lot slower than I want. And there are times I'm like, God, you know, this was these these dreams were awesome eight years ago. Now I'm pushing 50. And if we're gonna get these things done, I have to remind myself God don't have to have me to get them done. We're on his timetable. This makes sense. But I want to use the time that I have to do all that God wants me to do. But there are some things that I can't. I know that I'm supposed to accomplish. I'm supposed to do. And so that which we need urgency to with our time. And you take this and you apply how it needs to be applied to you. If there's something where you need the urgency, it's high time to do. Don't wait. Don't wait another week. Don't wait another month. Don't wait another year. Do it. It's high time. But there may be. Saint, it may, this may apply to you, may apply to totally different people. You may have to be more patient and wait on God's acceptable time. Wait on the fullness of time. Uh, wait on God to do his work. And all of us, our goal ought to be redeeming the time. The days that I have, that I want to use them to God's honor and glory. I'll close with this. Have I said that yet? Dr. Lee Robertson. Many of you know that name. Great preacher from the past. Many of you, sir, you, you you trained under Dr. Lee Robertson. God gave him a long life. It was he was quoted, and I wasn't in his presence, so I just you know take that he was quoted as he was pushing a hundred years of age, that he made the statement. I didn't think it would get here so fast. Now, those that sit over here, and many sprinkled out here, some of you that are young still, you're like, 100 years, that's, that's, that's a century. Yeah, very good. He lived a great life. He lived a full life. He lived a life redeeming the time. But yet it went by. You know, when our time comes, I want us all to be able to say, I wasn't perfect in this, but there was a time when I said, "I'm going to use my life to redeem all the time." And if I'm going to redeem the time, and I know I'm out of time, I know I'm out of time. But if I'm going to redeem this time, um, then I've got to realize that if I can redeem the time, I've got to be aware of the fullness of time. I've got to be aware of the acceptable time. I've got to be aware of perilous times, and I've got to keep in mind high time. Those four are going to affect how I redeem the time just a perspective on time as we come to the end of the year start a new year the time that God has us let's let's use it uh, to our ability father help us to